You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Corey Franchise. I'm Richie Suave Flores. And this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. Welcome back in, Sporty Nation. If you missed last week's show, that was part one of our chat with Isha from the Hockey Podcast Network. And now it's time for part two of the interview. We actually get to talking about hockey in this episode and a whole lot more. I kicked it off by asking him about kind of like a state of the union. How far have we come since we started this whole thing back in October? And what are we going to expect, not only for the rest of this quote-unquote hockey season, but maybe what's to come in season two? First of all, I want to say thank you guys for for jumping aboard. I mean, the network would be nothing without the great hosts that we have. And, and I mentioned right off the bat here, you two were kind of the first, well, one of the first uh, people that, that we reached out to. Um, before we had kind of our spiel just down to the pat where Dylan and I could be crushing beers while talking to everyone via Skype <laughs> and giving our pitch, we were so nervous reaching out to you guys because Corey actually reached out right away. Like, I think it was like within the half an hour after I reached out to you and usually it took like people like a day or two to get ba- back to us. And then you're like, oh, we can we can talk today. And Dylan and I were like, oh, shit. All right. Well, we got to get our notes together and <laughs> make sure that we give a good pitch and whatever. So just thank you guys. It's been an absolute pleasure having you guys aboard. Um, man, the network has grown it's grown immensely as far as just its evolution from our original vision to, to now. Um, full disclosure, right away, we kind of wanted to do an all sports network, but after getting into it, realizing that, you know, Dylan and I as, as managers and creators and kind of doing everything behind the scenes, we just did not have enough time nor resources to do something that big. So we stuck to what we knew best in hockey and, um, you know, started with the, the two episodes in each market a week to make sure that there's just, an immense amount of content for everyone. We started on one feed. The plan was always going to go, was always to, to have everyone's individual feed. And we actually were able to implement that sooner than we'd hoped about three, four months in uh, to all this. So we're really, we're really proud of the step we took there. And then bringing on the original content w- was awesome as well. Cause again, it's a lot of people have asked, especially within the network too, like, oh, are you going to do a general hockey show? And we've kind of always been hesitant being like, there's so many general hockey shows out there. And in our mind, if we want general hockey news, like turn on your sports radio, that that's general, especially up here in Canada. I know it's a little different down in the States, but you're going to get your general sports, uh, sports fix from either your sports net hockey podcast or TSN or just your local radio. So we wanted to be something different. That's why we liked every market kind of talking about their market, the news, the games, but also expanding a little bit because I didn't expect everyone just to like for you guys just to talk about the Arizona Coyotes, and you you obviously don't like your show's awesome. You bring in like a little bit of, like music flavor, you know. Corey talked about um, like dirt biking back in the day, and you and then you talk about general uh, news and and happenings around the league, and that's exactly what we wanted our host to do. So that kind of all just played out perfectly. And in regards to the original content, it kind of just all fell fell into our laps. We always orig- we originally always wanted to have more content to the show but as dylan and i were just actually talking dylan uh, my my 
co-partner here, Dylan Kayser, who hosts the Soda Pod, or not the Soda Pod, I host the Soda Pod. He hosts uh, the Stick Hungry podcast and just brought on former NHLer Kyle McLaren as their new co-host. So shameless plug for them. Go check that out. Um, we, we were actually just talking about how, like, if we had forced the original content, it just wouldn't have worked out and we would have probably been disappointed with the outcome. So, like, with Terry Ryan, for example, I heard his, I heard his, uh, his segment on Spitting Chickets and was like, I have to talk to this guy. This guy's insane. This guy's awesome. He's such an entertainer. And it took a while, a, a lot of work, and we finally brought him aboard. We finally have a system going, and, you know, it's, it's consistent content coming out here, and he's, he's an absolute treat. I listen to his podcast as a fan, not a producer. Um, the House of Hockey, that happened naturally, too, with just uh, actually through one of the other hosts on, on the network, Bayou Benders. He reached out to Rachel Kopchek on Instagram. I was covering for our Chicago Blackhawks host who was away traveling. She's, from, she's originally from Chicago. I asked her to come on the show to help me do some content. We started talking after, boom, House of Hockey was, was created. And, uh, and then in regards to the ice analytics, right? Ma- Dr. Matthew Arp, he used to host, co-host with um, Hockey Troll and Capstrip, and he wanted to kind of just hone in on his craft, which is a- analytics. And he reached out to us and was like, hey, guys, I want to do something a little bit more here. What are your thoughts on this? So everything kind of played out naturally. And I think that was, that was the best because every host – we didn't like subscribe a role to them. They all wanted to do it themselves and they all have such a creative mind to implement it themselves anyways. And they're absolutely killing it. And there's more content to come. I mean, we're in conversation with the potential of uh, just purely fight based podcast, you know, covering fights from back in the day. Like this is an old timer host here and we're in contact with them right now. We're potentially uh, going to be bringing on a, either all European-based podcast or just KHL podcast in both Russian and English. That's in the works right now. No promises there. But all this kind of just comes up naturally, and that, that's what we love about it. So going into the rest of the season, as everyone knows, we've cut down um, the NHL content to just one episode a, a week. And we, just, we pretty much did that because these are crazy times, both for ourselves behind the scenes, managing this network in our personal lives, and for all our hosts. We wanted to make sure that Everyone had time to prepare a show, still enjoy doing this as that, that's what it's all about at the end of the day. We didn't reach out to people who we wanted to force them to make content by any means. It was mostly people who were already doing it like, like yourselves. So we, we, we gave them space, you know, take a mental break and just enjoy it. And as a result, everyone's been honestly even more creative than I, than I could have ever imagined. So we're going to keep this format uh, going into June. Originally, we were going to stop July 1st. Now I think we're going to stop the regular rotation of podcasts around June and still give hosts um, the ability to, to continue producing content if they want. Like if they send us stuff, we'll, we'll definitely keep posting it. But that's when kind of our agreements with all the hosts are, are done for the season. And then going into season two, depending on how much more original content we uh, we sign, we may make some scheduling um, changes. But other than that, the, the, the network's just growing and we have all individual feeds now. So if, you're, if you don't want to get a ton of content on your podcast app, just you know, every scroll Monday, Thursday, or, or now like pretty much every day of the week with, with Terry, Ice Analytics, and uh, House of Hockey, it gives kind of our, our listeners more of an option to, to pick and choose what they want and obviously support the main feed uh, if they choose to do so as well. So it's, it's growing, um, it's evolved, and we're really happy with the, the, way, the direction that it's been taken. Well, I can tell you one thing, uh, Richie and I enjoy the hell out of it. Like being on this um, network has been so much fun for us and you guys have done such a great job with it and just growing it into what it is and especially, you know, just starting from scratch. So that is super cool and it's awesome to see all of the things that'll be coming up soon. Um, 
I mean, the whole KHL thing always makes me nervous because you never know when you're going to be, um, what is that called? When you're uh, the person that's always being like watched by the Russians. Um, I'm, I'm already being watched, so. <laughs> I was going to say, they, uh, they don't particularly take kindly to people saying bad things about the KHL. So um, that always makes me nervous. But other than that, it sounds like a ton of fun. And as Richie said before, like, it is just so cool how much we've expanded and all the people that you guys have been able to bring on and all the work that's taken on your guys' end for sure. Because I mean, um, you know, Richie and I just do this part and you have so many other directions that it's going in between like the Patreon and the YouTube channel and everything else. That's a, it's a lot of stuff to be constantly doing it on but I, I did want to try and get in a little bit about the background of how you and Dylan even came to this yeah it, it's a cool story so Dylan and I we've been friends like I moved to Vancouver Island in when I was in grade seven so just before turning 13 years old and Dylan was one of the kids at my elementary school at the time and he's the one I, I wasn't even super into sports back then I was into soccer and I think yeah that was the year of the world cup um man that was the that was the year when Zidane did the headbutt to the the Italian guy so like I was super into soccer and uh Dylan was like huge into ball hockey everyone is out here because we can't skate outside on on rinks because it doesn't get that that cold um out here in western Canada so Dylan and I were just he introduced me to hockey really and, and the Vancouver Canucks growing up and so we just kind of had that that sort of tie to our friendship where like Dylan and I talked about hockey where some of our, my other friends and I talked music uh and whatnot and Dylan and I, we just kind of always were, were good friends. And throughout the years, throughout high school, we, you know, we're still in the same friend group. And our, our friend group's pretty cool here. We kind of all, we're all pretty unique. We're all, I don't know, pretty intelligent people. And we all, like, all our, our parents kind of raised us in a very unique and, and, and funny way. So we kind of just all stuck together through thick and thin. And our, our main core, even going back to you know, as far as, like, grade seven, is still kind of remain the same. And so... Uh, Going back to your question, your Dylan and I, we we always had a a shared love for hockey and the Canucks and sports. And when I guess I, when he finished university, when I was in my third year, we would talk so much just about the sport of hockey and kind of echo a lot of things that we heard um, on our local sports radio. Because Dylan and I, we we love uh, what was formerly called the Team 1040 before TSN bought it. Now it's TSN 1040, our AM radio station here. And a lot of the characters and, and hosts there have been huge in the local Vancouver media scene forever, for as long as we can remember growing up listening to sports radio. And we found that every kind of take that they made, every, every angle that they were analyzing uh, the Canucks and the hockey through, we would do it just ourselves, you know, driving to to the beach or, or hanging out drinking beers or whatever so we're like man and this was when podcasts weren't super big yet so this was like i guess 20 i guess 2015 or so um or 2016 and so we we're like hey like let, let's do a podcast well we'll brand it canucks colors we'll we'll call it the stick and rink podcast which was the the name of our old sim league we used to, to play in online through um hf boards and we just kind of rolled with that podcast. And through that, we actually got a, a local radio station to reach out to it and was like, reach out to us and be like, hey, like, your podcast is a, it's a little too raunchy to air, but we'd love to bring you in and do like under the same brand, just two hours of radio each weekend and still just have the Stick and Rink radio show. And, and we'll let you, uh, you know, take, take, download the, the episodes and put it on your podcast feed after. So for us, who I, I was always kind of aspiring, um, 
aspiring journalist, aspiring writer, aspiring media folk, whereas Dylan's very much a business guy. But we were like, hey, this is an opportunity that we can't really pass up on. So we started doing uh, two weeks or two hours of radio every Sunday and then a podcast midweek. And so we're, we're producing a ton of content, again, Canucks based, but very much a, a league wide uh, hockey podcast. And from there, we just kind of wanted to grow. And with more and more Vancouver Canucks podcasts just jumping out, a lot of indie ones, we figured that we weren't really, we weren't able to make a dent in the market past our kind of cult following that we had through the Vancouver Island radio station and just uh, our brand stick and rinks. So we literally were just talking about doing something else with it. And Dylan is very much the business guy, though he's an incredible creator as well i mean frick he got kyle mclaren on this podcast it's, it's blowing my mind still it's awesome <laughs> and the stick hungry podcast is so it's so entertaining but back to kind of our roles on the network he's more of the the business guy and i'm more of the, the creative manager um and so we're like how can we use both of these i don't know i guess talents in, into something else and dylan had the idea of a network he's like man let's not just grow one podcast let's grow a, a network with the entire league worth of podcasts and so with that, with that in mind, we were still doing the stick rink podcast and radio show. And we started, you know, to reach out to people and yourself, like Tom Franklin and stuff. And what we thought was going to be a whole year of planning, we fast tracked into two months. We're like, okay, we're not going to do this. We're not going to plan this for a whole year. We're going to just going to, I think this was in uh, April, two years or yeah, April last year. We're like, we're just going to do this now. We're going to scout now by August. We're going to have all our hosts and we're just going to dive in. Screw it. And that's kind of what we did. So we, we stopped a regular rotation of podcasts, did our episode 99 and then a two-part uh, 100 episode. And then at that time, I think instead of doing weekly radio hits, we did like three more spaced out throughout the months and then met Elijah and Josh through, uh, through scouting and just were like, you guys are hilarious. We're going to pass the stick and rink brand on to you because instead of creating a whole new Vancouver Canucks brand you might as well use our twitter account which has some followers and just have people who are going to listen so we handed it off to them which was awesome we actually they were some of the last guests on our show i think the last episode of the thick ring podcast we literally handed it over to them signed off and let them finish the show which is if, if you listen to josh and elijah now raffle they're they're a hoot they're hilarious so we couldn't have we couldn't have picked a better uh, group to hand over the brand to and then dylan and i kind of went balls to the wall with, uh, with the Hockey Podcast Network. And I still can't believe that we've had time to produce our own shows while doing this because our plan was, okay, we'll, we'll, both, like, we'll both host a podcast with the team that was the hardest to scout and hardest to, to bring in. And that was the Minnesota Wild, believe it or not, because Minnesota is an amazing hockey city. or amazing. Uh, well, it's the state of hockey, right? They, everyone's kind of already established. So it was hard to find anyone to kind of join us. So we, Dill and I both started doing the Soda Pod before he broke off and we kind of split our split our duties and he he joined uh producer t at the stick hungry podcast and i i yeah i guess that's that's the end of it we're we're, we're here now and um it, it's been great and taking a step back like looking at all the the stuff that we have to do behind the scenes all the managerial roles and stuff it, it's crazy to think that we've been able to actually produce podcasts as well but it's what i love and it's what i i want to do i mean my my whole goal and this is funny rich you you you, you, you may laugh Corey, you as well but I didn't go to broadcasting school. I have a freaking BA in religious studies. I have a minor in communications. I did four years of child and youth care. Thought I was going to be a social worker. I hopefully can put this on my resume and walk into a radio station and be like, I didn't go to broadcasting school, but I can do everything that these fucks do. And I started a network. So hopefully that can get me, uh, get me into a job where I can read, you know, the, the top of the hour traffic. So that's the goal. 
and uh, that's where I am today. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. Download at the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll get back to talking to Ish in just a moment, but first, Corey and I want to tell you about Manscaped.com. Something very important, something that gets neglected, that weighs right down under, and that is Manscaped. It is for your undercarriage. I don't even know how many under things I can come up with here. Um all in one point in time, but it is to make sure that you are all nice and neat and tidy down there. It's getting warmer. You don't want to get too sweaty. If you get their package, it comes with some ball deodorant, Manscaped. I am talking about getting some Manscaped, you guys. We call it a man meat mower. It is their 3.0. They have stepped up to new heights, and it's not a one, not a two, but a 3.0. It has an LED light in it. It's got a little grip on it to make sure that you, uh, you know, you don't slip. It does. It's protected, so you don't nick yourself. You know, you don't want to nick that precious cargo. So they have everything figured out for you. They even have some ball toner in the package. You have to go get yourself some and use our promo code. Manscaped.com. Promo code THPN, and you get 20% off and free shipping on everything on their website. You can get the whole freaking package, uh, which is, you already got a package from them with everything in it. We tweeted it out on our Twitter account and Instagram. I'm expecting my package very soon, and I am excited to get to work with the Manscaped Meat Mower, Lawnmower 3.0. And uh, to make sure I'm nice and primmed, proper, trimmed up for all the ladies that are expected to come over to my humble abode after quarantine. Gotta look good. And you can do it with Manscaped. Manscaped Manscaped.com. And now let's get back to more of our interview with Ish. Damn, that is... That is an awesome story. I'm also very verbose, if you haven't noticed. That's a good thing when you're getting into sports media. That's for sure. (laughs) Thank you, thank you. So I wanted to, I wanted to, uh, before we go here, talk actual hockey. And uh, you, of course, are the host of the Soda Pod. And um, over the course of the season, the Coyotes and the Wild have several matchups, some of which we'd like to completely forget around these parts, uh, including the fact that Darcy Kemper got his ass hurt in a 7-3 freaking hockey game when he probably shouldn't have been in the first place, and that kind of derailed the Coyotes' season from there. Um, but – the goddamn fucking Minnesota Wild. They beat the Coyotes three fucking times this year, and I'm glad this season's probably not going to come back, or else I would have blamed the Minnesota Wild for the reason why the Coyotes missed the playoffs. Hey, now, don't blame the Minnesota Wild. <laughs> blame freaking Darcy for mouthing off Koyu yeah, mid-game. That's yeah. what you get, bud. <laughs> that's what you get. And, hey, I, I don't know Darcy personally, but one of my best friends from university – um, he played in the SJHL growing up, and he grew up playing uh, minor hockey with with Darcy Kemper and knows the Kemper family well. And when I was telling him about this game, he was just laughing. He's like, typical guy. He just gets way too fired up. <laughs> well, and that's why in that situation, I was like, there's no reason he should have still been in that game, first off, because at that point, the game was long gone. 
in Sekhanov, every single time he plays them, he loses his shit. So what is the point in putting him in net if he's just going to lose his shit and not be able to focus the entire game? It's, it's completely pointless. It's really interesting that you say that, too, because even in Minnesota, I mean, I'm a huge Michael Russo. Uh, he's a writer for The Athletic and, and arguably one of the best hockey writers, in my opinion, in the world. And he he said, like, from his time dealing with Darcy Kemper, he said just Minnesota and him just never clicked. Like, even when he was here, he just he just never could get it going. There were flashes of greatness, but he just – and not to say that he was never happy in the market or didn't have good support around him. He just – as simple as that, just said there was just – it was just kind of like oil and water, Darcy Kember in Minnesota. And it's kind of the same way now, even with a different franchise, him playing that team. Because, I mean, you said the game was, was long gone. Sure, goal-wise for him, you know, you, they pumped him with, what, seven? Seven, and then I think there was like uh, – I think the game was like eight, five at the end. But Devin Dubnik wasn't doing that well either. I mean, he led in five goals that game. So the game wasn't over. But I definitely see your point. Like, talk did not – talk shouldn't have left him in for just that reason. Like, he was already fired up. He's already in his own head and ran the risk of injury. And lo and behold, that happened. Yeah, well, so mostly I mean the fact that it was long gone for him. Like, that's so unnatural for him to allow in that many goals that if he's allowed in that many goals and he's so mentally so far gone, there's no point in keeping him there. And then all that ended up happening was he ended up just hurting himself. Yeah, it's interesting also to see how, like, the Arizona Coyotes and Minnesota – both had like similar seasons, but in opposite trajectories. I mean, you, you all started out hot and looked like, like a playoff contender 100%, where the Minnesota Wild had probably one of the worst starts that I've ever seen a hockey club have with, you know, not a, not a contender's roster by any means, but with a decent roster with some decent veterans and some good young players. And they had a terrible start to the season. Yet, as soon as Arizona kind of started to go in the dumps, Minnesota picked it right up. And uh, we're one point out of the goddamn playoffs <laughs> before all this ended. So it was just interesting to kind of follow both both of these clubs a little bit. Um, and, and I kind of did, especially, well, because I listened to your guys' podcast, of course, and also was very much into, uh, into those games. Well, and I guess the, the thing that really bothers me is the fact that for the Wild, that makes total sense. You start a season a little rocky. You need to get your feet underneath you. And there's some chemistry that needs to be worked on in order to make that team as great as they can be. So you're working your way up. That makes so much sense. What doesn't make sense is to start off hot and then literally just disintegrate into not particularly hot garbage, but a nice melting garbage. I mean, goaltending, it's such a, it was such a big thing for you, for your guys' team though. So I'm, when you lose both of them, it, I don't want to say that like a defense like will crumble because it shouldn't, but obviously the confidence of, of these players must go by the wayside a little bit. I know, I know Richie, you know, you, you well, both of you are in the locker room every now and then and talk to these guys. So is that something that you noticed throughout this season when, when both of the top net minders, I mean, arguably the, the best tandem in the league, uh, the first half of the league go down. I mean, the defenders, and I guess even to a certain degree, the, the, the offensive players, when you lose confidence in the back end, it just, I don't know, it makes you a little bit more tense there on the ice. No? Yeah. They, I think you hit the nail on the head there. That's, I think you could tell. And it's something that Corey and I talked about on our show quite a bit this year, which is for whatever reason, when Darcy Kemper was healthy in those first, you know, three and a half months of the season, the Coyotes defense, their blue line played better. 
they always, for whatever reason, played better in front of Darcy Kimber than they did on Ronta. And unfortunately for, for Ronta, um, his numbers were a little bit lower than Darcy Kemper, and it caused a lot of Coyotes fans to be like, act like Antioranto was the worst thing in the world, and he wasn't. Um, and unfortunately for the Coyotes, I think that's one of their biggest downfalls, you know, in the back half of the season was their defensive structure was breaking down a lot, where they weren't quite – they were making too many mistakes, and the goaltenders, although good, they did their best but they weren't able to make up for the amount of defensive mistakes from several defensive players. Oh, Reckman Larson. Oh, he sucks. Um, <laughs> okay, that, uh, I, I, that's good. That's good you said that there because it's a good segue because I did actually want to ask because I, I don't watch enough Arizona Coyotes games to, to really be able to analyze OEL's game, but I know that you guys are not a fan of him. And I, I just, prior to jumping on here, I did a little bit of a deep dive into his analytics and they're not bad. Obviously, the eye test from what I've seen, he's not that bad. His points, he's not that bad. So what the hell's wrong with Oliver Ekman Larson? I really, I'm very curious because I'm not a defender of his by any means because, like I said, I, I don't watch enough games to be able to make that judgment call. But I am very, I'm very intrigued of how, like, uh, how hard you guys are on him. So, yeah, please, the floor is yours. T- tell me. Enlighten me. Well, so I guess if there's a, a way to start, I mean, Richie might, will probably be a little bit harsher on this than I will, but... <laughs> Um, if I was a start in something, he, for, since he was here in the very beginning, he's a very immature player and, but that was okay because he kind of thrived in that. He actually did relatively well in that. And then when Joan left and it was time for him to possibly take over the captaincy, um, he was sharing, um, basically an assistant role. No one was given. Um, the captaincy so during that it really like fired him up because he felt like he deserved it and he wanted it but you know Taka had just come in and wasn't really sure who he really wanted to give that to um so then he tried to show that he was very mature and he was doing a lot of PR things here and he was trying to basically show how he could be the captain and so then he was given the captaincy and what started out okay but the problem is he can't sustain that. It, I don't think that is who he is as, as a person. I don't think he can sustain that like leadership role for one. And two, Taka and him don't particularly mesh because he is more of a um, quiet person and doesn't really like to really try and like pump people up type of a situation. Mm-hmm. Whereas Taka is much more vocal and wants someone who's a captain that will constantly be talking and on other players and stuff like that but OEL has always kind of been more concerned with himself from um from everything that I've known through all the years he's been here and so for him to be a captain one is it's disappointing that this is like how he's holding himself and like holding the leadership team in general and then two he's just been underperforming for the way that this team is so statistically he may not be off that much but in the way that he's playing he's just making very stupid mistakes so as much as that may show not show on numbers particularly it you can't always take numbers in the fact that it doesn't show the application of how they fell into that game like certain penalty minutes on a sheet are just penalty minutes but when you consider the fact that those were penalty minutes when 
they were um, down one goal and they really needed um, to not be on the penalty kill for the next two minutes. They re were really needing to, um, they're really needing to tie up that game. And he made a stupid penalty for no reason. It doesn't really show it. I guess if I was to sum it up in a really short way, um, <laughs> it would probably be that the stat sheet doesn't show stupidity. Yeah, true. But he does lead. He does lead the team in penalty minutes. Well, actually, tied with Jacob Chikrin, who I hope is the captain down the road. Because a, the kid's a stud, both on ice and off the ice. I mean, damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm as straight as they come, but I still get googly eyes and swoon for that kid. That man has like a, that man has a hardcore stare down. He'll like ask <laughs> for the um for the press to come in, and as they like walk in, he'll just stare at the press like, "Come here," and it's like. Okay, someone's apparently ready. <laughs> yeah, no, he's he's gonna be some special that kid. Yeah, he also uh go look at his Instagram pictures of him and his sister together. Very weird. Very weird. <laughs> okay, that's my homework. Your guys is music. <laughs> Mine's looking up chicken the chicken family. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, I just want to say, I was looking at the, the netminders, um, stats and, and you said it like if your market's hard on them, I mean, they shouldn't be because just by, just by their stats here, I mean, Darcy Kemper, Antti Ranta, both, uh, over, like over 92 save percentage. And I look at so many goaltenders, um, who've had success this year in the league and they're just at like 91, you know, pushing for that 92. So both of these have a 92 save percentage, um, decent goals against average. and even. Aiden Hill, who came in a 91-8 save percentage as well. And I, I think that you totally said it in regards to like the defense breaking down in front of them because all three netminders this year put up good numbers. Now, I just looked up where Aiden Hill's from. You're not going to believe this. I just moved to a small town. It's called Union Bay, uh, British Columbia, which is, is the, it's a tiny little town right outside of uh, the Comox Valley. Lo and behold, Aiden Hill, he's from Comox. Can't believe it. Can't believe it. Small world, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, actually, and where I'm, where I'm, I'm where I'm isolating right now. I'm, I'm at a friend's property, uh, an acreage out here in Union Bay. I just found out that Olaf Kolzig grew up in Union Bay. Like, man, goalies in this part of uh, British Columbia, you got to be weird to grow up here. So I guess that's that's the connection. And you got to be weird. that makes perfect sense. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, Corey, what do you think? We've been talking. How long have we been talking, Corey? You have the timer on your, your thing there. I, I actually don't. I know that I started this around 8.30 and it's 9.55. So that can... Oh! You can guess off that. There you go. So we've been talking for almost an hour and a half. I feel like uh, all of us are uh, probably pretty tired at this point. I don't know. I don't, maybe I'll be I'm speaking for myself there, Ish, but... I just uh, came off a birthday bender yesterday where I haven't been drinking. I haven't been doing anything. And I, let me just tell you, I did, I got my whole year's worth yesterday in Pink Whitney and beers. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a little tired. And I crushed a workout before coming on here. So I'm tired as putting it lightly, my friend. Well, Pink Whitney <laughs> sounds really good right now. It yeah. does. We have a full uh, not, unopened bottle in our fridge right now. Oh, you're so like, it's so hard to get it out here. I had to buy six of them just to load up when they first hit the market because, <laughs> because they disappeared within a week. And then even in uh, where, where my buddy lives a little bit uh, south of Vancouver Island, they put a limit in the liquor store. You only could buy one because people were doing what I was doing and just buying cases at a time because they knew that it was just going to sell out so quickly. So I'm down to my last bottle. 
when it when it first came here um i couldn't find it anywhere i went searching everywhere and there was like a liquor store in tempe and um and rishi's roommate cat had like texted me and she goes look what i got you and i'm not even kidding you it was like sitting in the seat like it was a passenger in her car and nice. it was like two bottles like one for her one for me and i was like oh my god you are an angel i don't know how you found that it's so funny because it took a year since it came out for it to reach my part of Canada. It, I can't believe it's just hitting Ontario right now. Well, with this COVID outbreak, I don't know how that's how that's going on. But but long and the short of it is, I just I got impatient. And I just kind of made it myself. I scavenged Vancouver Island. Like I even went to a different city because I mean it's not a big it's not that big of an island. And Victoria has a lot of like when I lived in Victoria, anyways, there's a lot of like small towns around it. I had to go outside just to find the Newman's Own Pink Lemonade. And then I got the new Amsterdam vodka and I just made them myself. And to be honest, pretty, pretty <laughs> damn close to the final, to the final product. I have to say, um, my friends weren't happy with me that night. I mean, I don't, I don't go overboard often anymore. That was one of the nights where I did. Yeah. We're too old for this shit, man. We're too old for this shit. Yeah. 20, I turned 27 yesterday, but I will say I honestly, cause I've been so involved just with this network and just, just so busy. Cause I'm also in university, just finishing my final class and managing a network. I work full time. I'm long. I was in a long distance relationship. I just had so much shit going on that I honestly thought I was turning 28. I was pleasantly surprised when my roommates told me that, no, no, Isha, you're, you're fucking 27. Dude, I got a whole year of my life back. It's amazing. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. That's how just busy I've been. I just, I was telling people all year I was 27. I can't believe it. No, it, it, now it I'm 27. It feels like it's been two years, right? That all this stuff has been going on. It's been felt, it's felt so long. It's felt like it's been two years. It, it was crazy. But again, guys, this has been an absolute pleasure. I mean, we, we could honestly talk sports, music, Pink Whitney, life, like all day. So anytime you want me back on the podcast, um, I mean, I'd love to come on. And if anytime you guys want to jump on the soda pod, I mean, the keys to the castle are yours. Um, it, yeah, you guys are awesome. What you, what you do for the network, what you do for your show. Um, I mean, Dylan and I couldn't have asked for, for better hosts. So just truly from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much. Thank you so much. That is so sweet. We really appreciate that. Thank you for everything that you've done. It's been amazing talking to you. Um, it's been so great having you on like it's you are one of the coolest people um on this network and i mean obviously since you started you probably would be that but i i mean like oh shucks <laughs> so it's super cool having you on and um don't feel old um because you know you're just smack dab right in the middle of us i'm 25 richie's 29 so you're you're nice happy middle and uh you know, and you're still celebrating your birthday. So it's always the best when you have, it's, sorry, during, it's during quarantine, but um, it's always the best when you're in your birthday week. Yeah. And, you know, even being in quarantine, I couldn't, for, I couldn't ask for better roommates. I, I moved up here thinking I was going to come into a, a new place. You know, I had like a, a, a rental home, like all lined up, but obviously with everything that broke down, broke out, it, it wasn't possible. But my, my really good friends who I've known forever, one of the OGs from elementary school, he has a property out here. You can go mountain biking in the backyard. So I couldn't be self-isolating in a better spot with, with better people. And they, uh, they, they put on a good, uh, it was just the three of us, but we had, we had a good day yesterday. So it, it was awesome. All right. Is this the time where I, where I do my signature sign off, Corey? Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh thanks to each for joining us go listen to soda pod follow all the hockey podcast network uh socials at hockey Podnet on twitter and instagram uh and until uh next week everybody uh good night 
and good hockey.